0: Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the BT Powerhouse podcast. As always, my name is Thomas Bennett. I'm the host of the podcast as well as the manager of SB Nation's Big Ten Powerhouse, your home for all things Big Ten basketball. And we're here, folks. It's It's been a long season. We've seen a lot of different insanity, whether it be in the Big Ten, elsewhere, off the court, what have you. It's been a very, very long season, but we've officially reached the end of the regular season. So things wrapped up on Sunday night with, I believe we had four games on Sunday, three games on Saturday. Every single one except one had significant postseason implications, had significant implications for the league standings, and a, a handful of them had significant implications for the Big Ten title. So what I'd like to do is we're just going to talk a little bit about last weekend. I know for a lot of folks, you've already moved on (laughs) to the Big Ten tournament, Um, and then we're going to get into the full Big Ten tournament, where we think things sit, etc. So let's start first with, with last weekend. We entered last week with a lot on the line. The Big Ten title was still undecided the double buys were still undecided, and the single buys in the Big Ten tournament. And what I mean by that, for those who maybe don't follow things as in-depth, which if you're listening to this podcast, you probably do, but just as a reminder, the Big Ten, when they expanded and added Rutgers and Nebraska, um, they expanded to a set of Wednesday games. So we have two games on Wednesday, we have four games on Thursday, four games on Friday, and then that's when things pair off. So the top four seeds do not play until Friday, starting Friday afternoon, and those teams are Wisconsin, MSU, Maryland, and Illinois. So those are going to be your top four seeds. The next, um, I guess it would be six six seeds, so um, five through ten, their first game, is on Thursday, and they sort of have the same thing. For instance, the first game of Thursday will be Rutgers versus Michigan. Those are the eight and nine seed. Whoever wins that will move on and face the one seed, which is Wisconsin this year. So those teams are the single-by teams, the Thursday teams, and then Wisconsin and the top four seeds there, those are the double-by teams. But there are four teams, as I mentioned, that play on Wednesday. Um, since the Big Ten tournament has moved to this format, which admittedly has not been that long ago, however, since they moved to it, really none of the Wednesday teams have ever made an impact uh, down the line. There are a variety of different factors leading to that. Frankly, the biggest one is if you're playing on Wednesday, you're probably not as good. as as the top teams, and this year's a little bit different because the league is so deep that we actually have a few, um, namely two teams playing on Wednesday that I actually think are relatively decent teams, those being Minnesota and Indiana. However, most of the time, the bottom four of the Big Ten are a sizable, sizable distance behind even the teams that play on Thursday, um, let alone the teams that play on Friday. The other reason being, a lot of people have the thought that the teams that play on Wednesday, because theoretically you would have to win on Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday to actually win a Big Ten tournament, that the teams basically run out of steam, that this expansion has basically necessitated that... Um, none of the Wednesday teams will ever win it um, because they'll have to win five games in five days. And obviously that's exceedingly difficult. I don't know if I'm a complete believer in that theory, but it's certainly out there. A lot of people buy into it. The old dead legs uh, type of thing, you know, playing back-to-back games on back-to-back days. So generally that's So when I refer to a single-buy, a double-buy, that's what I'm referring to. That's kind of the format here as we move into the Big Ten tournament. But reeling it back, as I said, a lot on the line heading into the last week in the Big Ten. Maryland was in the driver's seat. All they had to do was win one of two games last week. They didn't get it done on the road against Rutgers. They were hoping to get it done over the weekend. And then you had a handful of teams. I I believe Illinois and Penn State technically had a chance to start the week. Neither of them end up getting getting the job done to actually win the Big Ten, but Wisconsin-Michigan State also hanging around, hoping that um, they can gain a game on Maryland in the final week of the season to secure a Big Ten, a share of the Big Ten title, as well as double buys for themselves. So Saturday's game, highlighted by a couple of huge matchups. The first one is Indiana-Wisconsin. They play in Bloomington. Wisconsin ekes it out, barely. Uh, It's a pretty wild game. Indiana's up for a lot of it, but never significantly. Wisconsin's able to keep it within a bucket or two, keep clawing, keep clawing, and eventually they hit just enough down the stretch, get a couple of big um, officiating calls in order to close out the game. Wisconsin wins the Big Ten title and continues their just epic run of dominance over the Hoosiers, it's it's really been, uh, I think, more than a decade. And Indiana just has a couple wins over Wisconsin, so it's been as dominating as I a period I can recall between teams that are both, um, shall we say, competitive uh, in the Big Ten. You know, Indiana they've won a couple of Big Ten titles recently. Generally speaking, they're they're in that NCAA tournament conversation. Wisconsin obviously has had remarkable success since Bo Ryan was hired decades ago. And I've I've never seen a a dominant run like this where no matter where they play, whether it's a neutral court, whether it is in Bloomington or Madison, Wisconsin just frankly owns Indiana. So not good if you're a Hoosier fan. Indiana, as I mentioned, all these games have postseason implications. Indiana projected by most sites squarely on the NCAA tournament bubble. They really needed that win over the Badgers can't get it done, they end up falling short. Archie Miller sort of goes off on a tirade on Joe Lenardi, which frankly I I think is a a little accurate. I know Lenardi, there's a couple publications out there that put out what they consider the accuracy of bracketologists, and Lenardi is not particularly high on that list. I would note the last time I looked, he generally, I, i I know he, he gets a lot of coverage because he's an ESPN guy, but I will say there there are better bracketology sites out there. So I can I can appreciate a little bit of Archie Miller's um, comments, but you know one thing I I'm not gonna get too off the rails into this because we have just so much to talk about as far as the Big Ten race and the Big Ten tournament, but Archie Miller the last few games has has really just been wild on on the sideline in the press conferences, you can tell he is just utterly frustrated with where things are heading in Bloomington, and I think to a certain extent, you can't blame him. Misses the NCAA tournament um, every year prior to this season so far in Bloomington, and I think there is a lot of pressure. I don't, I know we're always going to talk about the hot seat, all that kind of stuff, and, and people hate to hear it, but I will say if, if Archie Miller does not make the NCAA tournament this year, that seat's going to be boiling hot if, if he's brought back for next year, which I do think he would be. I think he would get a fourth year. But I will say there, there's going to be a lot of pressure on Archie Miller and that program if Indiana can't find a way to get into this year's NCAA tournament, which I, I think they're honestly in a lot better shape than what a lot of the bracketology and fans think at this point. Indiana has pretty solid metrics. They got 19 wins. I think if you're a Big Ten team, their strength of schedule is exceedingly high this year. So I I think people are getting a little bit carried away with, with all of that drama. However, Archie Miller clearly is just living and dying with every moment right now because he has just been off the rails punching clipboards out of assistants hands stuff like that during games it's wild Um, and it's it's going to be crazy to watch here because the pressure is going to be on Indiana they're playing in a Wednesday game and I I will say I know people hate to use the must win thing this is a must win for Indiana because if they lose in one of those Wednesday games it's going to be a bad loss and that could very well knock them out So where we are here, uh, so that's the first game on Saturday. We got two other ones, an epic classic between Purdue and Rutgers, two teams that you can tell they, they know how important this game is. Purdue is just delivering haymaker after haymaker. Rutgers responds. Geo Baker, Jacob Young, just so many big plays down the stretch. Rutgers gets the win in overtime again There were some ugly segments of this game, but for the most part the last five minutes or so in overtime, this felt like two teams playing at a very, very high level, exchanging blows. Two teams that frankly are good enough to be in the NCAA tournament. Nonetheless, Rutgers gets the win. Rutgers fans, you're in. Don't listen to anybody that says otherwise. Rutgers is going to hear its name called on Selection Sunday. The only question is where they're gonna be seated. An absolutely amazing performance here over the last couple years by Steve Peichel, by that entire program. Rutgers, frankly, was in the dumpster of college basketball for uh, five, six years, and certainly had been an underwhelming program for a lot longer than that. So getting back to the NCAA tournament is a huge first step. They picked up a big commitment last week as well, so you're starting to see a little bit of that carry over on the recruiting trail, and I will say Steve Pikel uh, excuse me, got an extension from Rutgers last week. So if you can keep him there, if you can keep things building, this feels like something that could last for a while. We'll see if any of those jobs, other jobs in the area open in the years ahead. But for now, Rutgers fans, be excited, be thrilled. This is going to be an exciting next seven days or so here heading into selection Sunday. So Rutgers is in. Purdue, unfortunately, we'll get to them. And I, w- I want to talk about them in the context of the Big Ten Tournament, but right now they, they are definitely not in. So tough loss for them. And then the final game on Saturday, Northwestern upsets Penn State, beats them handedly. It's a really underwhelming finish to the season for Penn State, but because of what they had done in the weeks and months earlier this season, Penn State, they're in the tournament. They're another team that, frankly, I just... I don't think it's worth even really discussing. Penn State's going to make it. However, they lose five of six heading into the Big Ten tournament now. They're going to have some real pressure here. They're the sixth seed. Should they win their first game um, against the winner of that Indiana-Nebraska game, they're going to move on and face Maryland. So it's going to be a really tough two-day stretch. Likely Penn State-Indiana on Thursday and then Penn State-Maryland on Friday. So that's going to be a major challenge. But Penn State not playing well right now. They, they haven't played like an NCAA tournament team for the last couple weeks. So, But they're going to get in, and we'll see what they could do in Indy in the coming days. So Sunday, more drama. So Wisconsin's already locked up a share of the Big Ten title, which means Michigan State and Maryland, they got have to win if they want to share a, a piece of that crown. Maryland's able to get the job done against Michigan. In a game that um, had had some really competitive segments, however, every time Michigan would would claw back within four, within two, within three, Maryland would just nail a, a huge three. Uh, Eric Ayala was was great in the game; he was on fire all day. So Maryland picks up the win there. They get a share of their first ever. Big Ten regular season title since joining the conference, so congratulations to the Terps, congratulations to the Badgers, and then later on in the afternoon, Michigan State is able to take care of business against Ohio State. They get a win as well, so congratulations to the Spartans, Terps, and the Badgers. All three had some pretty uh, interesting seasons. I would say Maryland's probably the most consistent from start to finish. However, they had some tough losses here over the last couple of weeks, um, and Maryland—they've—they've they've really been searching for the last five, six years for that breakthrough season. I wrote about this in the season preview, um, and and frankly, I—I I know everybody who listens to this isn't necessarily a massive college football fan, but um, humor me for for a second here. I really think Mark Turgeon at Maryland a lot like Jim Harbaugh at Michigan, where if you look at the results game to game, year to year, really both have done pretty solid jobs. The teams are pretty good most of the time. They're winning games. They're not getting embarrassed very often. However, they can't get that one season to break through. They just haven't been able to reach the mountaintop. You know, they get two feet within it a year and then they fall off. Then the next year, you know, 10 feet within it, and they fall off. That type of thing, which is really, really frustrating if you're a fan because you feel like the quality of the teams are there for the most part. Just can't get that extra gear to actually get it done. Maryland finally breaks through this year. They get the Big Ten regular season title, or a share of it, I should say. We'll see what they can do in the postseason. Obviously, the, uh, the Elite Eight... Final Four, those types of things have eluded Mark Turgeon and the fan base since he arrived. But this team, this team's capable of a, a deep run in March. So as of now, you got to be very happy with how things have gone. Really no bad losses all year, which I think is something that is going to help them on Selection Sunday. We'll see. But Again, Maryland finally breaks through Wisconsin. The comeback story. Uh, they had struggled so much early, came all the way back after that that really underwhelming start to the season. They've been playing well, such good disciplined team basketball. You can tell their experience, you can tell they've played a lot of minutes together. So, uh, congratulations to both those teams and then Michigan State who has just been very, very dangerous. They're showing their potential here down the stretch. I think in my power rankings this week, I had Wisconsin over Michigan State just because Wisconsin has won like nine of 10 or something at this point, and they deserve to be number one on that list. But if they were playing against each other today, I think I'd probably pick Michigan State. The Spartans playing really well, showing why they were ranked number one in the preseason polls. So big days for those. And then Sunday concludes with, you know, Illinois beats Iowa big win there for the Illini. They secure that four seed in the Big Ten tournament. And then and earlier in the day Minnesota beats Nebraska and that was the one game that I mentioned that really didn't have any significant postseason implications. Gophers uh, they're almost certainly not getting an at-large bid to any postseason tournament and Nebraska uh, definitely not. So that wraps up the weekend. As far as the Big Ten, where do I think I, I wrote a, a, a full article on NCAA tournament seating, that type of thing, where I kind of see that stuff sitting on Saturday morning. That was before Saturday and Sunday's results. So if you if you read that piece, keep that in context. But generally speaking, this is how I see things sitting. I think you easily have more than half the league have already locked up spots in the NCAA tournament. I, I think the only teams really that are that are sort of dangling a little bit, um, Purdue, Indiana, and Michigan. Those are the only teams that I, I think you could talk a little bit in. Michigan, I, I think Michigan's going to make it in pretty comfortably, but I could see if, if they lost. The one nice thing for the Wolverines, I, I should add, is getting Rutgers – who is also going to be an NCAA tournament team in the opening game on Thursday is going to help because it eliminates the potential for a bad loss without having to win a game or two, I guess, in theory. So as, as weird as that sounds, playing a better team actually favors you if you think you're on the right side of the bubble at this point in the season, generally speaking. Every circumstance is different, but so I, I think your top four seeds, Wisconsin, Illinois, Michigan State, Maryland, all safely in the NCAA tournament. Not much there. I mentioned I think Rutgers is in. I think Penn State is in. I think Iowa is in. So that gets us to seven. Ohio State as well. Um, so all told, I, I think you have nine teams that you can feel pretty, pretty confident in making the field, and as I said, those are the the top four seeds, and then Michigan, Rutgers, Iowa, Ohio State, Penn State, all those teams, you can feel pretty good. As I said, Michigan maybe dangles a little bit just because they don't have the super high win total, but Michigan's resume a lot better than I think the overall record looks just because of those, some of those, like they beat Gonzaga, they beat Creighton, some of those teams in non-conference play, so I think all those teams, if you're a fan of those, you feel pretty good you're going to hear your name called on Selection Sunday. The two that are sort of in the mix right now, Indiana, I think they're dangling a little bit because their non-conference slate, not super impressive. They did get a couple nice wins there, but generally speaking, they're not in that same stratosphere as like Michigan as far as strength of schedule is concerned. So that's something they have going against them. The last one, if the Big Ten is going to get an 11th team, into the NCAA tournament, which would be just unreal to get 11 teams into the the field. But if it's going to happen as an at-large bid, what I mean by that is, again, I apologize, this probably obvious to everyone, but should a team win the Big Ten tournament, they get an auto bid and automatically get to go. So even Nebraska, who is generally regarded as the weakest team in the conference this year, should they win out win these five games, win the Big Ten tournament, they will be in the NCAA tournament. Odds are obviously slim of that happening, but should it happen, any team can make it. So excluding that, so as an at-large type of team, I think Purdue is the only team that really has a shot as an 11th team. And and this is where I, I, I'd sort of like to talk about Purdue, and we'll get into the seating a little bit. The other, the other team I, I think people should keep an eye on as far as postseason is Minnesota. Minnesota only a little bit under uh, right around 500 at this point. So if the Gophers can pick up a win or two, I think they have a shot at making the NIT as an at-large team. They do have relatively manageable first two games. They're going to open with Northwestern, a team they've already beaten this season. And then they're going to follow that up with Iowa. So I I think Minnesota could win two games. And I mean, at that point, they'd follow up with Illinois on Friday, who I, Illinois would be favored, but I think Minnesota could win that game. So you're talking about three potential wins there. Again, at this point, odds a little slim of, of winning all three of those. But should they do that, I think Minnesota would make it into the NIT. So that's another team to keep an eye on. But other than that, Nebraska, Northwestern, they are out. The only way they're going to make the postseason is if they win the entire Big Ten tournament. So let's get into game by game a little bit. Um, And we'll get to the Purdue seating stuff when we sort of get to Purdue's spot in the bracket. So, of course, as I mentioned, we get two games on Wednesday, four games on Thursday, and then the quarterfinals on Friday, four games. And that is when all the teams will have been in action on as of Friday. Then the two games, semifinals on Saturday and the championship game on Sunday. The two Wednesday games, will start there. Minnesota, Northwestern, Indiana, Nebraska. I think it's pretty obvious Minnesota and Indiana are the favorites in these games. They have everything on the line. Indiana, should they win this game, they can make the NCAA tournament. I, I think it would help them. They're in the rare situation where they just—they need a couple more wins. If you're a Hoosier fan, you win on Wednesday, I think you feel pretty good. Namely because if you lose to Nebraska, that's going to be a bad loss. That's going to hurt your resume. Should you beat the Huskers, I think it will be a slight boost. And you'll avoid a bad loss, which will probably be more valuable. You're probably going to be in with a win over Nebraska. Probably. Should you lose to Nebraska, it's going to be you're going to be on the skinnier teeth there. Selection Sunday is going to be tough. Should you win your next game, which is Penn State, Penn, the Nittany Lions on Thursday evening will play the winner of that Indiana Nebraska game. Should you beat Nebraska, go on and beat Penn State, Indiana will be in. There will be no debate about it. They will be in the field. So that's that's how I see that game. The other game, Minnesota Northwestern. Minnesota doesn't have as much on the line, as I mentioned, as Indiana. Minnesota has no chance. Uh, Well, yeah, I don't think they have a chance at an at-large bid, even if they made, you know, Saturday, Sunday, and lost there. I I don't think they could make it as an at-large team at this point, but they do have a shot at an NIT bid should they win a couple games. So, Um, They do have something on the line here as they play. Northwestern, on the other hand, I I don't really think has much riding on this game because uh, other than every game they win, their season moves on. So it should be an interesting game. Minnesota, Indiana, both are going to be favored pretty heavily to move on from those matchups. Which brings us to the Thursday games. And again, when I look at this, I, I refer to it generally as the top half, the bottom half. The top half is features the one seed, Wisconsin. The bottom half features the two and three seeds, which are Michigan State, Maryland. So the top half is that Minnesota-Northwestern game. Bottom half is the Indiana-Nebraska side. So returning to the top half of the bracket here, Thursday is going to begin with Michigan Rutgers. The teams have played twice so far this season. Michigan swept the Scarlet Knights in the regular season. They did actually play on a neutral court in the first game in Madison Square Garden, so something to keep in mind. I think Michigan will be a decent favorite in this game, but both of these teams have played relatively well in the Big Ten tournament over the last couple years. Michigan's made it to the championship game a couple times. Rutgers has Surprised and and pulled off a few upsets. So I think this is going to be a really physical game. It's going to come down to the offensive boards. But at this point, I I think I'd pick Michigan in that game. But again, it's going to be a tough one. It's going to be uh, down on the edge. I think Michigan removes any doubt about its NCAA tournament positioning with a win. As I mentioned, I think they're going to be safely in. However, I, I do know some people are a little skeptical just given the overall record. Rutgers, win or lose, they're in. So no worries there. Second game on Thursday is going to be Iowa versus the winner of that Minnesota-Northwestern game. The Hawkeyes will be favored. With that said, Iowa not playing very well coming into the NCAA tournament. Or excuse me, coming into the Big Ten tournament. I think that's, that is that is a game ripe for an upset. As I mentioned, I think Minnesota is going to come in there. They know they're probably better than their overall record. If you look at the the Ken Palm and the advanced stats, Minnesota has a pretty strong overall resume. It's just, they've lost a lot of close games all season, you know, here and there. And it's mainly because of the depth of the Big 10. I wrote about it two, three months ago. I said, you know, the Big 10 has a chance to eat itself here because it's so good that everybody's just gonna beat everybody. Some of that sorted itself out with teams like Wisconsin and, and Michigan State and, and Michigan sort of figuring things out. However, I think Purdue and Minnesota were the teams that kind of fell on the, the bad side of that, where you, you're not losing bad games, you're splitting most of the time, you're protecting home court for the most part, but it's just it's really hard to, to win that many games against that many good teams. So I think that's a game that could very well go in Minnesota's favor. However, Iowa certainly is going to be looking to, to score a, a good solid win heading into the NCAA tournament. So it should be a fun one. As of now, I I honestly think I'd pick Minnesota if they make it out of that Wednesday game in that matchup. Iowa is the better team, but they'll be a little bit cold. And one one theory I have, I've talked a little bit about the Dead Legs theory, which is sort of the idea that. You know, you can't hit jump shots. You get too tired out by playing these games back to back to back to back that the teams that start earlier lose their legs. My my sort of theory on this, I've talked about it on the podcast before. I said um, I'm a little skeptical of the idea that, that your legs are necessarily always dead from playing back to back. I don't think that plays a factor until you hit your third game three days in a row. And what I mean by that is take Minnesota, for example. Should Minnesota beat Northwestern, they'll have played one game. And then the Iowa matchup on Thursday will be their second game in two days. I don't think it's a huge factor in your second game. I don't think your legs are necessarily dead enough and you're that tired out to where you can't perform. I mean, these are college kids. These are great athletes. They're ready to rock and roll. However, I do think if Minnesota beat Iowa, then they would be in their third game in three days when they would play Illinois on Friday. That's, for me, that is when I start to buy into that that leg theory a little bit where you just don't have the same pop, you don't have the same energy. you got to find new ways to win. And that's why, if you look back historically, it is extremely rare for teams that start on Thursday or Wednesday to really make much noise on the weekend on on Saturday and Sunday and that's to me because once you hit the third day that's when your legs start to fade so that's sort of how I view this so keep that in mind but returning back to the bracket I think Minnesota I like them against Iowa in that game and I'd like them to advance and and play Illinois on Friday so the late games on Thursday you'll get Purdue and Ohio State. And this is is my opportunity to talk about Purdue here. Ohio State safely in the tournament. Generally, the Buckeyes have played very well over the last month or so. They've lost a couple tough road games. Namely, on Sunday, they lost to Michigan State in what was a pretty solid game. Michigan State had it in control at the end. However, uh, the Buckeyes have, have been one of the better teams nationally in terms of advanced stats performance over the last month or so. So Ohio State's a, a very, very good team sitting there as a six seed. So certainly a potential sleeper to keep an eye on there. But Purdue, the Boilermakers have 16 wins. I think you got to get to 18 wins to even sniff a chance at an NCAA tournament bid. That's how I view this, which means Purdue is going to have to win on Thursday against Ohio State, and the winner of that game will play on Friday against Michigan State. Excuse me. I think Purdue has to win both of those games to even really have a shot at uh, an NCAA tournament bid. Now, I, I know what everybody's thinking, which is, wow, you know, those are going to be two tough teams to beat. I mean, a lot of the advanced stats sites have them both in the top 10. Beating them on back-to-back dates, especially Michigan State, who's been playing so well the last month or so, that's going to be a tall task. And I agree. I 100% agree. But that, to me, is what I think Purdue's going to have to do. Purdue has lost a lot of games down the stretch that, frankly, they needed to win to make the NCAA tournament. And They've lost some games at home. Rutgers, they lost at home. Michigan, they lost at home. Those are games, if Purdue wanted to make the NCAA tournament, they needed to find ways to win those games. They did not, and at this point now, they need to outperform expectations in the Big Ten tournament to make it. So for me, Purdue's going to make the NIT unless they win two or more games. If they win two, then I think we start the discussion. Then we look at the auto bids. We look at how other bubble teams have done that whole game. At this point, I don't even think it merits a discussion unless they win two more games. So if you're a Boilermaker fan, you're probably going to get ready for the NIT because that's probably where they're headed because I think Ohio State probably wins this game, to be honest, on Thursday. And at that point... Even if Purdue gets passed, I'm not picking them over Michigan State on Friday. No way. No way. So I think more likely than not, Purdue is going to be in the NIT. So it's tough. As I mentioned, Purdue in very much the same situation as Minnesota, I think just got worn down on a really, really tough schedule. And Purdue had a great non-conference slate as well. So it's a disappointment, I know, for Boilermaker fans. But, you know, sometimes that's that's just how things fall out. Purdue and Minnesota, I think, got the brunt end of the stick for a ridiculously deep Big Ten this year. So I think Purdue fans probably expect you're going to go to the the NIT this year. Then the final game on Friday, which I talked about briefly, it's going to be Penn State versus the winner of the Indiana-Nebraska game. As I noted before, I think Indiana's going to make it by by Nebraska. And then that Indiana-Penn State game, I don't have a great read on it, Indiana has not played particularly great. They beat Penn State in that uh, matchup late in the season. But Indiana hasn't been super great away from home. I think given how Penn State has played over the last month or so, I think I might lean towards Indiana in that game. But I don't have a good read on that one. To me, that's a game that could go either way, 50-50. Of course, Indiana really, really wants to win those two games because if they win them, they're going to be safe for Selection Sunday. So should be a great first two game days of action. And then the, the Friday, it, it's hard to project Friday, of course, because now you're talking sometimes about you need to know the results of two games to really uh, know who's going to be there. So I'm not going to talk as much about Friday and beyond because we just don't know how things are going to sort out. However, first game of the day on Friday – Wisconsin versus the winner of Michigan and Rutgers. As I noted, I think it will be Michigan there. Wisconsin and Michigan played in Ann Arbor just a week, week or two ago. Wisconsin got the win. Um, Michigan, I didn't think played particularly well, but Wisconsin has been fantastic late. I would lean towards Wisconsin in that game. However, I think Michigan's more than capable of beating the Badgers as well. So that should be a fun one if it indeed happens. Otherwise, Rutgers, I would definitely pick Wisconsin over Rutgers should those two teams play it. Although Rutgers did knock off Wisconsin earlier in the season when the Badgers were not playing well. So something to keep in mind. The next game would be Illinois versus the winner of Iowa versus the winner of uh, Minnesota Northwestern, which should tell you why talking about Friday games and Saturday games is it, pretty tough. So Illinois is going to be favored probably against anyone they face out of those games. Um, they just played Iowa on Sunday, so that would be kind of fun if they rematched that that quickly against each other. However, I as I noted, I think Minnesota is the, the sleeper in this sort of route here. And I think it'll be Minnesota, Illinois. I would pick Illinois to advance there, most likely. But I think that's this is a danger spot for Illinois. But it should be uh, should be interesting. And then the bottom half of the bracket, Michigan State is going to face the winner of that Ohio State Purdue game. I think it will be the Buckeyes, and I think it'll be Spartans Buckeyes rematching from last Sunday on Friday in Indianapolis. So we've seen that game. It's physical. It's going to be tough. I think I would pick Michigan State though considering how they have played over the last month. And then the final game of Friday will be Maryland against Penn State or the winner of Indiana-Nebraska. So one of those three teams versus Maryland. I would most likely pick the Terps. I don't think Penn State statistically is the toughest team of those potential three opponents. I don't think the Nittany Lions have been playing particularly well as of late, while Maryland just beat Michigan on Sunday to lock up a Big Ten regular season title. So I'd pick Maryland in that game. However, the one thing you do have to note is, you know, some of these teams, Maryland has been the victim of this a number of years. They come in very cold in the Big Ten tournament. It doesn't feel like they play with the same intensity that some of the teams fighting for bids and fighting for their lives, so to speak, do. So I, I think that's something to keep an eye on with Maryland. They've thoroughly underachieved in the Big Ten tournament under Mark Turgeon. You know, you can say whatever you want about his regular season success, his his other postseason success, but Maryland has been thoroughly underwhelming in the Big Ten tournament. So we'll see if if Turgeon can finally get that turnaround, I'd pick them to make it to Saturday. However, we'll have to see, again, who who even makes it there. So should be a fun fun weekend of games here. Looking forward to it. A lot of great contests. This is as deep as the Big Ten has ever been, and I think that's going to make it really wild on Saturday and beyond. I mean, we're talking about games that, frankly, could very well happen again in, in the Elite Eight and <laughs> Sweet Sixteen between some of these Big Ten teams so it's going to be a lot of fun I'm looking forward to it thanks again for checking out the podcast and we'll have a ton of coverage this week for the Big Ten tournament and leading into March Madness so check us out you can check me out on Twitter at tbendit and we'll see you all next time